0: Welcome, 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 once again, to one of your bi-monthly hits of cult following. We're the drug that gets you high with knowledge. I'm one of your three hosts for this lovely podcast into the world of film, Victor Marino, along with Kirby Nelson, yes. and Adam Rakowski Meow. Meow, indeed. This is our 41st episode, you guys, and we're going to look... And movies that are hitting their 40th anniversary this year, as well as some of the recent films we've been watching. And uh, we're just going to jump right into it, because we've been really busy watching movies lately. How do you like that, guys? I'm tweaking the intro. Tweaking it. Better than twerked, I guess. Boom. Alright. So yeah, we've been watching a lot of movies lately. If you actually visit cultfollowing.co our online home for everything cult following you would find three new reviews today for Cell Viral and Star Trek Beyond we're going to talk about those we're going to talk about some other movies Uh, you can always subscribe to us if you like what you hear here on iTunes at cult following and if you really like us give us a review because it's really going to help us in those ratings you guys in getting the word out we are a uh Locally recognized podcast now, one of the top ten in Phoenix. Get hooked on Phoenix, you guys. But uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shoot it over to you, Kirby. What have you been watching lately? Um, since our last podcast, um, I tried to put
1: together a list real quick. I'm probably, as usual, missing a few, and when you guys start talking, I'll probably remember the rest. But um, I think the last time we were all about. Halfway through Stranger Things, so I did just want to note that, of course, finished it.
2: Oh, I finally watched it.
1: Yes, as did I. And, uh, I mean, I'm I'm really great grateful it was only eight episodes. I really just do not have time anymore to watch shows. That's why I don't get into a lot of them. I just don't have cable so, or any of the premium channels. Yeah, so what'd uh, you think? So, yeah, it's harder to get into. So, Netflix is easy, and Stranger Things is incredible. I um you know, I know there's a few people I'm I'm gonna keep it spoiler free um for those who have not finished it. I will say the ending felt a little rushed. Um but beyond all else and stuff, I really truly did enjoy it. Not just as some kind of eighties homage, but just because it was a really well done series. And I think it will hold up and I hope they continue to go on and branch off for it, not just with a second season, but Maybe with, like, I hope Netflix will continue to explore um, material like this because I really think there's a lot of potential. And so, I don't know. What would you guys think?
2: I was okay on it. Okay? That's kind of how
0: I was. Yeah. I mean, I you know, I liked all the homages. And like I said, I think last week, I liked that they were using walkie-talkies. and mm-hmm. You know, but once again, it came to what we were saying that, like, the posters and set dressing was more long to tip you to what they were homaging, down to them reading a book with a picture of Stephen King. Because right. if it was really in 80s, it would have been Star Trek and E.T. posters. Um, you do have to watch the whole thing to kind of make Winona Ryder's performance tolerable. Yeah.
2: Digestible.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. My, my whole thing with, with Stranger Things is the same kind of thing I had with uh, Mr. Robot, where it's, I'm watching the second season of Mr. Robot right now, mm-hmm. and it's all right. I mean, it's good, but it's not anywhere near as good as Addictive or the, as the first season. Right. And that's, my, that's kind of my worry. Like, these shows that have a really awesome, good, strong first season, and the next season they're kind of just trying to capture lightning in a bottle yeah exactly i was just gonna reference that like and i feel like true detective kind of started this um because it was like this little contained story and you have to kind of go anthology with something like this Mm -hmm. i feel and it the second season of true detective is not really good at all right and uh, I feel like I feel like the the, se- the first season of Mister Robot, awesome, rewatchable, everything. The second season, I don't know. It feels like it's treading water a lot. Mm-hmm. And the, the second season of Stranger Things, I wonder, is it going to go well, like well, that's, that's
1: for me. Is is that the one thing I just want to say? In that
0: is, is that there's a lot of people keep
1: hoping. Obviously, I think it's a good point for sequels to stuff. I genuinely, even as a kid, never really hoped for a Goonies 2, personally. Like, I've never... I think that... You know, yeah, I liked stories when I was a kid were adventures and they had different adventures. I don't mind serial format, episodic. I love it in a lot of respects, but I do think that is one thing where the anthology shines through is to keep it fresh and interesting. Mm -hmm. You can have related locales and characters to some degree, but I do think it's like it's going to get old. Like, even with the Stranger Things already, it's just become already such an obsession with the 11 character or the L character and it's just kind of hit a point where it's like already um it was like um we're I was noting uh with a friend that with like Instagram and some of the social media like the witch all of a sudden exploded the film and people it's kind of like that's the way it's about Stranger Things it's just a glut of like oh this is the greatest thing ever and I when I say I really thought Stranger Things was great I thought it was incredible I really enjoy it I I do not think it was the greatest thing since sliced bread, and I think the only way it's going to be as good or get better is not only to be objective about, but also to and uh, but is to um, hopefully it'll reinvent itself in the next season or
2: spin off or whatever it is. I almost kind of wish that it just was that that was it. I hear you that it was yeah. just like one little self-contained thing. Yeah as opposed to saying oh now we need a second season you know we're picking you up for a second season. Yeah, that's it exactly. Even though it there it felt like it was finalized at the very end and it didn't need the little you know the tag on um, I'm trying not to give away any spoilers cuz but whatever. I mean there's always something to tease you into mm. oh there could be a future in this. Um even though there is there there is finality. Uh, I what I will say is I really liked all the actors in it. Especially the children, it was good to see like mm-hmm. good, strong, realistic depictions of kids. Um, you know everything from the from the bullies to the to the main characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really loved Barb. Barb was probably one of my favorites, and I know that she's been like memed like more than any of the other characters as far as what I've witnessed from yeah, a lot of my friends. Which
0: I mean, the only thing that really stuck out to me about Barb is like, oh, she's supposed to be like a nod to um, Mayor Winningham in the uh, Goonies. Oh yeah, they had or not Mayor? Uh, well, uh,
2: yeah, what's her face? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they, well, they had there was there were several different um, characters that were very similar in uh, the way that her character was portrayed, um, and. Yeah, Winona Ryder, I totally understood because I've known people like her in the past, like moms of like girls I dated or friends' moms that I've known. I, I who have...
0: still, yeah, in hindsight, I but still... But it's really
2: hard to pull off on a TV show where yeah. um, those types of situations are happening, but I could see where she could snap like that, but it was... It's weird because you, you sit there and you go, okay, yeah, I know that's Winona Ryder, and she's acting if it was somebody that was a no-name and doing that, I'd probably say that's a brilliant performance. I don't know. I think I would have gone
0: the other way. I'm like, oh. she went way too histrionic too quickly. That's what really bothered me about it. Hmm. Um, and actually, what what I was thinking is um, American Horror Story Coven had uh, a character. that Actually, this was Mayor Winningham, weirdly enough. She played Evan Peters' m- character's mother, and he had been brought back as a zombie. Mm-hmm. And he had been missing for a long time in the show, and she accepts him, but, you know, she just accepted he was dead. And then, you know, then it's like, oh, you don't feel right. And, you know, like, it felt, like, more measured. Even though that storyline had a icky, weird conclusion on American Horror Story, she jumps to, oh, he's alive and the upside down way too quickly, way too hard, and it really was obnoxious.
2: Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I also just felt like it's... I don't know. I just felt like, okay, this is a uh, 2010s-era mother, not a 1980s. Yeah. I, let's be honest, white trash, working class kind of, you know, mother. I just, I personally, it's, you know... There was a part where those
0: movies were much more forgiving I mean, towards working class well, and that's yeah. kind of
1: well I don't and I don't, and I don't think she for. didn't it's not that I don't think she didn't care I think she did and care And honestly
0: I will was, to, to just yeah. to follow up not to cut you off I think that's a big unrelated point but kind of related a big reason a lot of problems a lot of people had problems with um michael myers family in the halloween remake oh yeah how they were like so white trash and like what but yeah but in an 80s 70s movie they would have been presented as you know hard on their luck not you know well yeah one well, the big problem too is why do you have a
1: swimming pool yeah um that was always my big thing with that it's like yeah it's it's drained and empty but you still have a swimming pool. Um, and it's still supposed to be Haddonfield, Illinois, as far as I remember. Yeah. And I just – I had a hard time biting into that. But um, the – no, what I mean is it's just that, I mean, I just feel there's this depiction of certain characters. It's like I do believe – of course it's the classic archetype that people would be um, – you know, if they were a bunch of D&D ham radio enthusiasts – you know general dorks yeah of course they'd be bullied and all that but they would be intelligent they would be like i said adam said resourceful believable um you know altruistic kind but also realistically they would fight you know and have problems which uh, was as shown kids. Which yeah which was, which was shown and and that was a good part to me the thing was is that they painted you know the father as he was some kind of horrible you know obviously like this the horrible dude and it's kind of like but he was probably more the way she should have been like i i believe she cared about her kids i believe she loved him but i also think it was a little falsified in the respect of it's like her the one thing that stands out for me i I gotta finish this is the part where she goes i've been coming in every day and working at the drugstore or whatever for 20 years i mean i'm sorry like i don't buy that like i felt that was she could have said something like Hey, you know, I work hard. I never, you know, I've I've always come in. You know, I mean, how many days have I missed or something? And it, this is not Bruce Willis and Unbreakable. Okay, this mm-hmm. is when Nona Ryder and um, you know, so I just I couldn't get as into that part, but I still liked her. I did not hate her or you her know, performance. I, wonder, I just agree with Victor that went way too fast. Oh
2: yeah, and, and I wonder if some of it had if some of the influence came from uh the the mom from Carrie. A little oh bit. yeah no because, yeah. Uh, who played the mom in, in the original Carrie? hyperlory it it jinx it's in the kind
0: 1976 yeah. 1976 yeah. 40th, yeah.
2: Anniversary. 40th anniversary <clears throat> the thing about her performance was and you know you you read this all the time is that she didn't know that she was in a straightforward like thriller horror movie mm-hmm. she thought it was a comedy so that's how yeah. she was playing it but that's what made it more frightening yeah is because she played it over the top like that do you think that might have been a motivation for winona or the maybe, maybe the directors I, I just, or
0: i don't know i don't think winona's ever been really that good at emoting strongly i can't really all i can think of is understand. black swan <laughs> she her like her performance goes from subtle to crazy and there's no real in between hmm. because she's always kind of played like you know, the snarky girl. Mm-hmm. So she's not ne- always had it dialed down and never had to really go too high.
1: Right. You just don't understand how strange and unusual she is, Victor, <laughs> which by the way, the Lydia look, I'm, um, I'm done. I'm i am tired of seeing girls rocking that. It's the nineties. Look, it's coming back. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, I mean 90, the literal Lydia Dietz. Yeah. Um But yeah, not bad. I just, I felt that um, it's just good to see that kind of programming is my main point. It was,
2: um, it was good and enjoyable with um with all that. Yeah, uh, like you said, I think it'd be interesting to watch it again once all the hype has died down. That's what I was trying to get mm-hmm. at, yep. yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to take a time of reflection. And
1: In the end, like I said, with all the characters, I thought they were well done. I just felt that, um, you know... It's one of those films you really wonder if it had been made in nineteen eighty three or a show
0: had been made, what it would be like versus with this. You know, I just don't think this would even have been made then, because that was back when everyone, all the TV shows are trying to ape like Smokey and the Bandit and you know Cannonball Run. and It's that kind of age. Oh no, no, no! I totally agree. Yeah. I mean, I just but think, we we should just keep going. Yeah, down. true, true. But
1: um, uh, yeah, you know, like I said, I think I've mentioned this a couple of the podcasts before, but. Uh, even though I am not in any way, shape a sports fan, I did catch two on Netflix just for the hell of it. that I enjoyed watching. One was called believe land, but which is about the, um, Cleveland sports franchises as part of the 30 for 30 on ESPN. Um, more of like just a portrait of a a city and really, really interesting on how, um, Cleveland has not exactly had the best of times since the 1960s. So interesting to watch. And then on the kind of flip side, if you're interested in, I think especially like in physics and science of sports, there was a show called Fastball, which was just a short like eight minute documentary on, um, you know, who has the fastest fastball and how the physics of of, of pitching works and stuff. Real interesting. Um, like I said, there's some other stuff I've cop with, but I know one I'm sure Victor will want to chime in on is uh, I did go see Lights Out and. Uh, I'm still not quite, you know. It's first and foremost, again. Actually, speaking of 80 minutes, it's about 81 minutes long, which to me is your standard Empire Pictures film in the 80s. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not unusual in horror films and stuff. Um, I I truly thought when I saw the trailer, I think it was the first time it was before Conjuring two. I mean, I didn't have high expectations, but I'll say it's a well done trailer, and to me. That's the problem. Is it works as a trailer, but as a fleshed out film? To me, they're just
0: just not enough there. Well, apparently, it's based on a short film, and I have yeah. to be honest, I didn't watch the short film. Um, yeah, it's like seventy something minutes without credits. Oh, and, and they had like twelve previews beforehand. By yeah. the way, way more than a regular movie. Yeah, to pad it out so that it could. Uh, yeah, but. Um, you know, to me it kind of boggles my mind that I've seen a lot of like good reviews for this movie. I feel like the plot of this movie is beyond thin. It really bothers me on a like a, on a on a very basic level. Like if you're going to do a movie where you're in in introducing a monster and then you say there's rules and then when you get rid of that monster in a way that has nothing to do with them. And then it's stupid because this whole movie just apes other movies. It has a cold intro with a car- it like the psycho intro where it introduces like a guy you recognize from other movies and you think he's going to be in it for the long haul and he dies in the first 5 minutes. I'm like, "Okay." To me that's a little statement. You're saying, "Okay, we're, I'm I'm laying the gauntlet down. I'm going to do the psycho thing. This movie's going to be really strong and I don't need that name actor people recognize, right?" And then the rest of it is just stupid and empty, mm-hmm. and just kind of riffing on other movies. The whole movie—I don't care if, if this is a spoiler cast. All right, guys, if you're going to see Lights Out, tune back in in a couple minutes. But I'll tell you right now, this movie is just a ripoff of Insidious by way of Duke um, and some and, and some the mama. Monst- yeah, and, and, yeah. And, well, you and know, like ring, oh, yeah. the the ghost is haunting you, not the house, right? yeah basically and then the monster is basically uh uh horace pinker from shocker but instead of electricity it's light or dark yeah Yeah, dark dark yeah yeah Yeah, that's it that's that's lights out right there folks (laughs) and then but then you get all that and you try to tie into mental illness and i wrote a review of this on cult following where okay this could be interesting it could be like a Warlock from New Mutants are like, oh, it's like a manifestation of Maria Bello's like insanity. But basically, they find some magic papers that tell them, oh no, this was just a malevolent girl who had psychic abilities that latched onto her as a child. And then they did some experiment where they exposed her to very bright lights. Bright? Yes, gizmo. Yes, that very happen. bright lights, which turns her into a darkness monster.
2: See, and I don't need to see the movie to know all this because the trailer. Yeah. I can't remember what movie we saw, but the trailer before the for Lights Out gave away. Everything. Oh yeah. yeah, it gives away a they ton. Explained everything.
1: What I meant was, is that they had kept it just the intro, which is the one I saw. I think I saw the early trailer, which was more of just the whole very beginning of the film, where the um, it's almost employee, like a featurette. Yeah, is turning on and off the lights and stuff. It yeah. it was effective because it's short and sweet. Mm-hmm. But um, so to clarify as to what trailer I saw it was definitely one of the early, very short yeah. ones. But yeah, it's a very, it's totally easy to figure out what's going on. Before you see it. But I will say this. Everyone in this film is, is stupid and unlikable. Yeah. Like, is especially the girl That's is tough. the most unlikable, one of the most unlikable characters I think I've ever seen a film. I'm just like, you are pretty much everything like I just despise. Like, yeah, every people.
0: character in this movie is unlikable. The main, the main girl. Yeah, that's what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, the, the main, main girl, girl whose house is literally the WB product <laughs> placement center of the world. It was like I've never seen such nice, clean uh ghost and Slayer posters. Yeah, and, leap and into event a wall. Pole. Yeah, next yeah. to you know, and then there's like Batman toys, which you can go actually go and buy in stores now. Like it's very current with what's out. Yeah, and. uh... You know, she has a boyfriend who or her fuck buddy basically. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. It's yeah, a yeah. Little bit but boring. they've been go- you know, fuck buddies for a long time and he's trying to, you know, be the good guy, even though he looks like a smarmy drug dealer type that you would I assumed he was gonna die really quickly based on like the look they gave him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's supposed to be an alterna girl, but like literally nothing. She doesn't even have a dyed streak in her hair, right? Yeah, She lives over a tattoo studio. That's the most you get. Well, and that's where I thought it was going originally in the beginning was like,
1: she struck out on her own and got into the tattoo. Rob Schneider. Rob (laughs) Schneider. (laughs) It's impossible not to do that voice because it's so corny and predictable that it literally is like... Starts sounding like that.
0: But and there's like a lot of stuff in this movie that's really stupid. Like the fact that, okay, so the kid's not sleeping. He falls asleep in class. So CPS calls his sister to grab the kid. But then they're pissed that the kid goes to stay with her. Yeah. Why did you call her
1: in the first place? You know, Why did you let... I mean, if the mother wasn't answering or the mother wasn't available, it's like CPS should have been best game, The legal parent guardian first. Yeah. And then you would call the nearest... Uh, next-to-kin to see if they were available. Otherwise, I mean, the kid would have gone foster. Even, like I said, even the little kid is unlikable.
0: And you're supposed to feel bad because he's being terrorized. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, he's being attacked by his mother's evil imaginary darkness <laughs> friend. And it's just – he's – it, you don't feel bad for him because he actually <laughs> walks, decides to stay with her. Yeah. Well, and that's, and I, I the only other thing I will say here is, is that, it, oh, before, no, go ahead. Yeah, No, no, before that, I mean, it's all stupid, but then they introduce these rules about, like, Diana, that, like, okay, she can exist in, like, complete darkness, but she can control electricity. So she could actually make it dark whenever, right? Yeah. No one ha- ever happens to have flashlights around. In fact, they have a crank gear one at one point. Yeah, which is supposed to be like the And I was thinking, emergency. okay, maybe this is one of those period movies where like they don't have cell phones. And then halfway through, they introduce cell phones. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it, it's just so stupid. And, oh, yeah, by the way, cell phone light works, but not black light. Yeah. What's the distinction there, you know?
2: That really bothered me where I'm like, So it sounds like they just had a couple guys sit in a room, and all they did is they brainstorm all the different things that produce light. Yeah. And then just like shoehorned it well, into I'll the tell film. you this, Adam. So it's just it's just really high on concept. It's just really bad no, it's Not high on
1: no, 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 no. concept. It's an outline of God, did you guys see the Boba Duke man? I don't think a lot of people did, so we'll throw that in. And there's some things I liked in Mama. Let's do that. Yeah. And I'm not saying a lot of horror films
0: are cribbed from other ideas. But this is but, very cribbed. Oh and, like Yeah. And then they, they introduced these weird mannequins at the beginning, and it's all a payoff. Yeah, the, the father worked at a mannequin factory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just so you can have a jump scare with mannequins in the last ten minutes of the movie, which is a shitty one because it's still CGI. Yeah, and then um, uh, it, it's really obnoxious because you know the, the, this is one of the weird things that happens. All right, there's a part where the boyfriend is there. He has a chance to get out and he bolts. And I was like, "Holy fuck!" You don't really see that yeah, too was often. Like-, like somebody had a brain. Like you're she doesn't want you. Get the fuck out of there! Right. <laughs> He comes back with the cops, right? And the movie's not over yet. I'm like, whoa, somebody actually called the cops. All these cops have lights and everything. Diana, the monster, kills these cops in, like, record time. time. Like, literally a minute and a half. But no one else in this film...
1: Dies by her, and you don't ever see, like, even though she has these powers, the only power they ever say is that she has some kind of mind control. Like, so they go from like, it's like, is she it, can jump too, she yeah. jumps to the apartment. And, yeah, is it telepathy, telekinesis, teleportation? Like, what exactly, like Victor said, the changing of the
0: rules, it's the changing yeah, of her abilities and at the all end, the time, right? When basic, you know, she's telling them, don't kill them because you, you get the point that she's trying to keep Maria Bello's character happy, but then after. Through you're like fuck it I'm just gonna kill everybody and keep you in my thrall. Rio Bell is like you're haunting me. Click and that's it. You know. Well, and the
1: yeah, it's just one of those ones where I, I you know like I said I know Victor has been chomping because he saw it a while back. Yeah, I saw this thing like a month, month ago, ago at least, plus. and um, it's one of those ones. But I, I, the only last comment I want to say is is that there's been a couple films that have come out over the years and stuff, and I don't know why people want to jump on. The the I want to make a big deal out of real or supposed social commentary issues yeah. here, but you pick the wrong film because this is just terrible. Like it was what was the other one? The one about um oh god, the one where Will Ferrell goes to jail. Get hard, get hard. Oh, get hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they were like, ah, oh, this is uh this is the biggest blasphemy to to uh, the gay community, and I'm sitting here going. The, you're you're really, really betting on the wrong horse here. Cause, and same thing with this one. I read a couple of the essays as yeah. Victor mentioned about the mental illness thing and I'm like, okay, I don't think this is making fun of people with mental illness. I just think this is a terrible I movie. I feel like, like he
0: threw that in there as crit, like, to try to make it critic proof. Well, that's what I kind of yeah. thought too. But. And I, I was just like, no, this is just a bad movie. And I swear to God, there's, like I said, we're, I'm spoiler casting this. You guys aren't missing out on anything. There's a part Where boyfriend is running out. She hasn't picked up to like atomic drop him. Like or you know like break his back like Bane did to Batman right over. And he's on top of a car. And he turns on his cell phone light. And he just drops straight down. And it's supposed to be like he escaped but oh no he's hurt. Literally not just me. Everyone almost half the people in the screening I was in started cackling laughing. Because it's just so stupid. Like, why didn't you do that earlier? Your flat, your your cell phone has a flashlight function. It, all it made me think of was um, that one uh, movie, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, where they're talking about like the cell phone horror movie she oh, was yeah, in. Yeah. It's like, here's the movie flashlight, boom, you're safe. Anyway, that's yeah.
1: Well, and, and the last thing I'll say about that too is is that there is, of course, the classic montage of them oh, getting already. Yeah. And I'm sitting there going, okay, this is you already know it's going to go downhill because it's like, okay, you now know it's the modern era. Yeah. So I, I got well, it. They grabbed the crank yeah. once, so they have something that d- she can't get to the power. Although, yeah. again, not explain the rules, but I'm like, okay, you could have grabbed everything flares, e- like everything, well, fireplace. Everything could have been lit up. my
0: favorite one was the fact that they actually used a car alarm at one point to get away from her. Like, do it do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like everything. They
1: had they they had this, you know, go and take a montage moment where like, okay, we're gonna get all the light sources, (laughs) and then at the end it's like flashlights and candles. And And it's like it could have literally been anything and everything. Yeah. And so yeah, it goes ridiculous, but um, wrapping up real quick. The last um, few things here, as have taking a little too much time, um, was just um, I did do a tree of documentaries this weekend. One is one I had already seen, but it was recently released. For those that do not have a region free player, was uh, just desserts: the making of Creep Show, was just put out by Synapse uh, Films and uh, Synapse, and it is really um it's it's very enjoyable for those who have never seen it um creep show is one of my favorite films and so really not much else to say but um i'd wait till the price comes down a little bit um, that's what i'm doing yeah mm-hmm. i it's it's not probably worth the full amount i only got how long is it uh oof. two well, hours
2: they, no, no no, longer no. 32. <laughs> Sorry, it is. Um, I get excited with sometimes.
1: with special features. I think it's like a couple hours. The original one was just shy under feature length, and this one, what it really is, is that they explain the movie. They go through each of the five segments and mm-hmm. the wraparound. In the first like forty five minutes. And then they have all the behind the scenes and um, discussion is really in the second half, okay um, where they really do a lot of the that that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's it's
2: it's still enjoyable. There's some extra bonus features. Um, done for see, this the only release. reason I was asking is you know because if yeah. it's, if it was like a like an hour and twenty minutes is usually what you see for like you know these documentaries. Um, you know, would it be worth to pay that extra, yeah, couple I, bucks I, just as you know, if you're really chomping at the bit to see it.
1: If you don't have the two disc UK edition that was originally on a Creep Show, I would, which you can actually still get, I think, pretty cheap. Um, this one, I just, I the only reason I bought it was because um, uh, there was a Dark Delicacy signing, so I have, a, yeah, I got the signed copy of it. Um, other than that, um, I did, I did do a, what do you call them, one of the kickstars? It was for. uh unearthed and untold it's the story of pet cemetery Mm. which um overall i really did like i would encourage you to check it out um i know it played the festival circuit for a couple years before they finally decided to put out it's a dvd blu-ray combo i got a print and a um, shirt with it um it's very good. The only two things is, and I I, I want to commend them first because it has um, no real footage from the movie. They oh, had no... Just stills? Yeah, just okay. stills. So um, they did a really good job um, without having that. Um, overall, it's just good. I mean, I, I love Pet Cemetery. another one of my favorite films, uh, especially for how relentlessly dark and bleak it is. Um, they do a good job going through it. Um, so I really liked it. The only thing I will say that I noticed is that... Um, I, I'm sorry, this is the cardinal rule of documentary filmmaking. I, I Like I said, I have a lot of accolades. I hope to do a review of this on Cult Falling, but um, they're actually, the documentary filmmakers are in the documentary, and I'm sorry, that's the cardinal rule. Yeah, I don't like You that. don't do that unless you're like, the last documentary I saw and the last thing I'm going to say, which was um, I did get my other Kickstarter one, which I've weighed it's been a, probably a couple years now, which is 30 Years of Garbage, mm. which is the story of the Garbage pill Kids. Uh, I am a huge GPK fan, um, and I was very, very happy to finally see this. Um, Joe Simcoe and Jeff Zapata, of course, are in it. They're both uh, GPK artists at tops. also worked on a lot of other series, um, did a great job on this. It um, covers the whole history. They got everybody on it, Art Spiegelman, John Pound, um, Tom Bunk, uh, all the big players um, You know, in this series, both artists. They get a lot of people you know, behind the scenes um, very, very interesting, uh, covers a full history for, you know, like a little over an hour and a half, it's almost two hours actually, I was actually thinking of the writing time for ab, um, does have a few bonus features, not as many as I'd hoped, but still really, really good, has an original song from Dr. Chud from, um, the Misfits, um, and just as, you know, if you love GPK, they do talk, um, About the Couch Pack Kids lawsuit, they have a good section on that, on the GPK film, on the GPK cartoon, and like the Pet Cemetery one, they couldn't show clips um, from, much from, they could show from the film, but not from the cartoon, Um, they didn't get clearances. I don't
2: don't think anybody connected to the film really care, they were probably really happy that someone was paying any attention to the film that version. is true I'm, and um did that fact, get like a uh, release on yeah, blu-ray deluxe recently yeah so from factory, scrim, scrim, factory oh, okay. yeah
1: which is really worth checking out and, which is um, already
2: just priced at 4.99 just right off the bat i'm sure <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. um yeah i think it's gone down <laughs> exponentially but yes it's um it's good so um but yeah if you're a gbk fan train card fan 80s pop culture fan um you know it's definitely worth checking out joe and Um, them uh, joe and uh jeff worked really hard on this june gonzalez all the people and i'm actually off this weekend to super toy con in um vegas um so if any of our listeners are there please come say hi um and the main reason i'm going is because it is the belated 30th anniversary which happened last year of gpk and all the folks are going to be there so it's going to be a lot of fun Mm -hmm. hope to see you there and if i don't if you're an az uh, we'll see you at Game On Expo, which I hope to be at as well for maybe a day. So, uh, Whichever one you want to go first. Sorry about that. <laughs> I I didn't expect it to become such a, a lights-out right. uh, uh, deconstruction. Yeah. No, there
2: was no stone unturned <laughs> right. in the lights-out discussion. I'll go next, I go guess. for it, yeah. Yeah, go right ahead, man. Do, do, do. Well, you we already talked about Stranger Things, and sure. uh, now I feel like I know everything about Lights Out. I feel like I've seen it now. Um, on On Netflix, I Anne turned on the movie They're Watching. Mm, I have not heard of that one. That I, um, it's something they recently added to Netflix, which was a 2016, I guess, release. Uh, that went under a different name and I can't remember what it was it was something uh like uh, like repossession or something. Not not the one with Leslie Nielsen and all no. that stuff. But it, it, it was it had a different name, but then I think it got re released or maybe just when they went to the broad release. I don't know however you want to phrase that. But they got live, die, repeated. <laughs> <laughs> Kinda of, sorta, of, because yeah. I think this this was a little bit of a better title, more yeah. fitting title, because the film itself didn't have anything really to do with uh, paranormal, and that's kind of what the original title of it alluded to. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one of the movies that would make Victor hang himself. No, oh. it's all. Um, from, we do keep Victor on
1: suicide watch. Yeah,
2: from it's all video camera from their point of view. So they're all wearing like cameras either on their oh, chest. Yeah, or walking around with their phone. It. So it switches from person to person, and. I was kind of casually in the background just laying on the couch and, and not really paying attention too much to the movie. Obviously, there wasn't really a lot going on that day. Uh, and I was, I think about halfway through or three quarters of the way through, I said to Anne, this is kind of like, an, uh, like one of those paranormal activity uh, templates where absolutely nothing happens. For nine-tenths of the movie, and everything happens at the very last uh, few minutes of the movie. And really, the payoff at the very end is so stupid, um, CGI-filled, and almost uh, turns into, like, Ghostbusters with the effects. Jesus. Um, It's very strange. How the juxtaposition of how everything, the the feel of the of the first three quarters of the film, and then the last you know ten fifteen minutes or whatever, to have the big reveal and like who is the person doing this and um and then what she unleashes oh sorry spoiler what this person releases uh via these powers that are gained from you know this location or whatever is uh laughable. Mm. So, really, if you don't like that, uh, you know, found footage kind of thing, first person, uh, cell phone, video camera, garbage, stay away from it. (laughs) Is it Diana? What is uh, Diana? What is Diana? He hadn't seen. Oh, sorry,
1: sorry. sorry. Well, we already spoiled it all, of course. Diana was the the ghost. horace pinker
2: well this had I, I do
1: like that you brought up horace pinker by the way that it's is totally what it is it is yeah. quality well see their
2: watching had had more to do with uh witches oh there okay. was like nothing that had to do with ghosts or anything so it's just it's really strange
1: oh wait i did see the um the you know it's like suggested for you yeah it's like they they made fun of the witches the townspeople right. warned them right right yeah, just yeah, yeah. just
2: not well done, and you and you keep questioning stuff that's happening on the screen. And say, well, why didn't they do this or why didn't they do that? Probably not to the same level as like lights out, but just yeah, it, not worth it. Not for me, anyways. I think Anne liked it on a on a certain level. I mean, not you know where she's jumping up and down. Mm-hmm. Never have to see it again. I wish I could just wipe it from my brain. Uh-huh. Um, this one might open up a little discussion if you guys have seen it i i saw it last week batman killing joke
0: yeah that's one of the ones on my list on my list as uh, well sorry uh
2: um, i really didn't like it
0: no i didn't either i didn't either and I, i feel like the prologue they added was garbage mm-hmm. i don't. i don't I think a lot of people had a big problem with the whole Batman Batgirl relationship, but you what you got to realize is that Paul Dini wrote this. He mm-hmm. did Batman the Animated Series, and he made there is a Batman Batgirl like relationship on that show. It's always been like downplayed, but it's clearly something that he had in his mind happen and made it a part of canon. And this was his chance to kind of see Barbara. Deal. Barbara Gordon is in the killing joke, the comic and the actual part of the story for like a half a minute. Mm -hmm. She doesn't really have a part in it. So I think their take was, well, let's give her a prologue so she doesn't seem like just a victim Mm -hmm. or whatnot or a plot device in the story. And this prologue, it's like at least a half an hour long is really poorly written it makes Batman look like a ginormous asshole, mm-hmm. which actually this whole movie makes Batman look like the mm-hmm. world's most sociopathic asshole. Period. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and b- we're basically Batman. Uh, Batgirl's been Batman's like partner for three years, um, and he's kind of getting tired of her being like so partnery, and uh, she's pushing for more and more action. So he's not giving it to her. So she starts to kind of flirt with danger by getting close to this criminal named Paris France. Mm-hmm. That's the character's name in this prologue. Um, Batman's not down with it. It's like, you're just getting into danger. So you can't tell me what to do and blah, blah, blah. blah. And they end up having uh, hate sex mm-hmm. on the roof of a building. And then after that, Batman oh, goes, spoilers, by the way, yeah, we're spoiling it. Sorry. Well, it comes <laughs> out. You'll, it comes, you'll, you know, what's up. Yeah. Um, so
2: Batman the ghosts her, and the,
0: uh, Batman ghosts her, and she decides to quit being Batgirl. Pretty much, yeah. it's really yeah. It's re- I don't know what the hell well, Paul Dini was thinking here. Well,
2: even that, I mean, th- from the the whole the whole genesis of or is it, it that, Bruce Tim, one of the two? Uh, yeah. You know, I have the Killing Joke. I that that came out. When did that come out? Eighty, the eighties.
0: Six, Six seven.
2: It was what that was after Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, yeah. And that was at you know the height of just you know dovetailing off of Alan Moore's streak of of just you know these really great gritty you know noir turn everything on its head uh, of these classic characters timeline. Yeah, and so at especially you know uh, well and then curtailing off of um or just before the the Tim Burton Batman and and everything that was happening at that time so everybody wanted that grittiness mm. and that graphic novel just slapped everybody in the face and it worked at that time this time now it's kind of you know where we're over analyzing things and and we already are uh, saturated with with so much um i guess uh, adulting our our childhood characters mm-hmm. that it kind of seems blase and not as risky other than everything that has happened in the animation side of it up to this point it they haven't really gone that dark mm-hmm. with with batman but it kind of felt more contrived if if it didn't Already happen in the graphic novel. Yeah, no, no, I know what you mean. Yeah, so the other issue that I had was the animation felt really cheap.
0: Yeah, I can address both those points and when talk
2: about it. When they released direct-to-video uh, *Dark Knight Returns*, and then it was the the two uh, parts, I kind of felt the same way that the animation didn't do it justice mm-hmm. because you have this, this beautifully drawn illustrated, uh, graphic novel to compare the two. Uh, and it didn't live up, but it was just nice to see everything in motion and then hear everything and, um, see it as one complete unit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Killing joke. I was never really that attached to, I bought it, I read it, but I didn't absorb it. Mm hmm. I just thought, you know, well, at that time, that's what you know. You just bought everything that was hyped up, and whatever was at the comic book shop that was, you know, on the shelf, you picked it up. You know, it's a number one, boom. You know, I want to read it. and move It was just on. a different time. You your um, options were more limited, mm-hmm. right. and if
1: somebody was hot, they were hot. Mm-hmm. That was that was what you you read. Whoever the best writers were at the time, and Alan Moore was the best in the eighties, arguably, to a lot of fans. I would argue. But <laughs> No no no, I meant I meant arguably yeah. as like even if then you're I taking, wasn't a fan, but yeah, yeah, but people I I think what Adam hit on was is that the reinvention of these mm-hmm. classic you know, especially his run on swamp thing and yeah. stuff like that. It just was a time where um you know, that was the you know, DC uh vertigo. You know, a lot of things were changing the comics world. Small press was picking up and it was
0: just a, a different time. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I here here's here here is my take on the whole um a whole killing joke. Um, Sam Liu is the guy who directs all these movies for DC, the animated ones, and he does a good job on the on the uh, Justice, League, Justice League ones. Yeah, and I've seen and, those. And, I like the Justice and, League and ones. He his approach. I've seen these featurettes with the Dark Knight Returns, and this one is like. You wanted to treat it like a motion comic, and that's pretty much what it feels like, where it lingers on panels just like a motion comic would. If you watch The Killing Joke compared it to the comic book, it flows just like the comic. Sure. I feel like that's almost a detriment because the prologue doesn't flow that way. You know? Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, right, as yeah. soon as it breaks into the main story, like the uh, animation style changes and just becomes like very panel, 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 mm-hmm. panel. And it looks like... A weird approximation of Brian Boland's art, which with its like, there's a part where like there's the fake Joker in the cell, and they are seeing just the little white
2: on his yeah. face from there, and, and it, it break, looks yeah, weird. It, it does, looks weird because it breaks into those 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 panels. Yeah, you know, and then when he when he's laughing too, and he's you know his hands yeah. are up there. I mean, that's like okay, yeah, that's the iconic yeah. image. And it looks like a motion comic, right? Yeah. yeah, and it's so polarizing yeah. because okay, here's a cartoon, and then all of a sudden you know here's your splash page yeah
0: i i and here here's where i fall on the bigger the bigger problem with it if you, the time to have put this out as a motion comic mm-hmm. or an animated series mm-hmm. or an animated film rather would have been when the dark knight came out because if you watch uh the killing joke right after you watch the dark knight you're like oh this is where all the joker shit comes from right even batman the way batman acts towards the joker Like halfway through that movie on is straight out of there. Like there's a line in The Dark Knight where uh, uh, the Joker or Batman's beating up the gangsters and he's like, tell me where he is. It's like, I don't know, I swear. And then Batman goes, swear to me. And that's right from The Killing Joke. And then the way that Joker keeps telling alternate versions of his origin is also something that's right out of The Killing Joke where, Mm -hmm. you know, he – Mark Hamill does a really good job in this, and I'm pretty sure they yeah. made this just as a way to give him a swan song, because mm-hmm. he gets to be very showy with his voice acting. Oh yes, yeah. yeah, you know, like he he's like when he's being the comedian version of the Joker, he's very being very schnebby and he's like, "When well, my wife died," and mm-hmm. you know, and when he's the Joker, he's being like a really like almost satanic version of the Joker, oh, yeah. like it's yeah,
2: even more than what yeah. normally. has done in the past
0: it's very showy and kevin conroy is like he's playing like the alan moore version of batman which if you guys know alan moore did watchmen Mm -hmm. so basically his view of uh batman is basically the same thing as rorschach he's like a sociopath and in fact this is one of the things that really bothered me and this is why some stories you can't adapt for animation the end of the killing joke ends with uh, the Joker telling Batman a joke, right? And then Batman and the Joker are laughing as it rains. In the comic, they're both laughing, and it and he kind of like lo- Batman's kind of lunging at him. You think either to grab him or something, and then it kind of pans down, and you see they're both laughing. And at one point, Joker's laughing stops, Batman's keeps going, and then the last two panels, are black where it's left up to like maybe Batman captured him and that shut him up and Batman was just laughing to torture him. Or the popular interpretation is that Batman snapped and killed the Joker. If you watch this version, that's the version you're getting because it's pretty made very overtly obvious that Batman kills the Joker at the end of the story. And it's I have a big problem with that. It just feels kind of unearned. And the way the killing joke starts in the comics if you follow that version, you think the beginning of the movie is actually the end, and mm-hmm. the story's kind of a loop, and it doesn't work that way with the prologue they added so structurally, it has major problems that don't don't work with its ending
2: yeah and I think that's that gives credibility and gravitas toward uh Alan Moore, who keeps saying his works that he does for graphic novels uh is unfilmable, yeah.
0: I, I think this was one. That's of those, one example where yeah, it's like this, you know what you, you can't pull that off. All.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. My whole thing is, is and that his
2: name is not on the project again. Of course, yeah. Of he's course, not credited.
1: Well, all I knew is that, like I said, um, yeah. I Bring up the social stuff, but for me, the whatever it was a year or two ago here with the whole hashtag change the cover thing. I just, I personally, I take the same stance I've always taken is that. It was a variant cover and stuff. Uh, and I'm leaning into this, of course, with the added prologue. You know, I haven't seen it yet, mm. but I knew that was coming. And I just – I have a real issue with revisionism. My problem is I have no issue. It's kind of like the when we talked about the Ghostbusters thing. Mm-hmm. I have no problem with the Ghostbusters being female. I have no problem with anything changing. It can change just fine. But when something – because it's, it's an ever-flowing entity. You can make – anything. Characters can be male, female. They can be different races, religions, backstories. You can... uh, That's part of the flexibility and creativity of comics and a lot of other art mediums. Yeah, as
2: long as someone has a license to do something, go ahead and do it. you cannot
1: do it Because I do not like playing into – you do not have to do – if you do a different story, that's fine. You can – I mean, obviously, you retcon stuff. Continuity is not – but that one I have a real problem with. Not to
0: cut you off, but they they add a stinger to this. They add a stinger to this where the events of this lead to Barbara becoming Oracle at the end. Right. And if you're to take the ending that Batman kills the Joker – then that doesn't even fit. It's more like, well, we gotta, we had to throw something in here to empower her, and it really, it doesn't, it just this doesn't work on so many ways, yeah. which is weird because I thought the changes they made to the Dark Knight Returns made it work in a, yeah,
2: yeah, I think, yeah, you're right because they, and because why at first when you said that I, I kind of had a problem with it that to to empower her, but you're right because literally like her legs were cut off yeah you know to turn a phrase and if they would have left it right at the at the you know the the, the laughing in the rain and not have given barbara because i was thinking of that as it was concluding i'm like well what you know uh well not only barbara but gordon too yeah i kind of i needed some sort of something Mm -hmm. to
0: yeah and this is why i thought the dark it actually works better because it combined the long halloween with this but it made like it made uh Harvey Dent, the guy that the Joker breaks instead of Gordon, he actually yeah. broke him. Yeah, and to this day, I still think the Dark Knight is probably one of the strongest, like one of the Christopher Nolan got the con over everybody, where he did a Batman epic movie where the Joker wins. Yeah, like hugely, and it's like, man, that's why that movie works on so many levels. Now that would never it, happen now.
2: Yeah. 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 True.
0: Yeah. True, oh, true. finish up. So. Yeah. Uh, finish up. No,
2: last one I had was Star Trek Beyond,
0: which I also saw. So I guess we I did, we're cutting both of ours. True. <laughs> and I didn't. Uh, and I haven't seen
1: that one yet. So oh yeah, no, spoiler no spoilers. You, but, um, no, we won't spoil that one. Yeah, I, I I do I'll say
2: this: we'll it.
0: be good about it
2: because it's really, it's really. Uh, I enjoyed that it. I, hard l- to, I liked
0: it more than Star Trek Into Darkness. Way more.
2: I think it's more watchable than Star Trek Into Darkness. I think this one was more of a like kind of like an episode of Star Trek. Dude, yeah, that's totally what I said um, in my review of it. It it was more rooted and more grounded, and it spread out enough of screen time to all the different characters. Yeah. And gave them purpose, which was good. My only criticism was it was so straight and straightforward mm-hmm. and so, like, linear. pieced together, like, linear, like Greg linear mm-hmm. which i loved in mystery men <laughs> uh sorry, i'm so sorry uh, oh man that's, that's that a joke that's not gonna die it was it felt to me and this you can tell me if i'm wrong or not i've seen all the star trek films i'm i am a star trek fan mm-hmm. it felt like a better version of insurrection
0: yeah i don't really is *Insurrection*. no the no one with
3: the
1: people who are
2: they go to the planet. They're being observed. Yeah, and
1: then they find out that they're
2: actually doing it. They're part say. of like oh, this sinister, plot, like a right. Truman Show kind of thing. Gotcha. Yeah. And they're all like, it's, you, it's like a civil read, war. You should
0: read my review and tell me what you think of my point on it. Where, um, yeah, I saw that you
2: posted it earlier. Yeah, I didn't want to read it and you know yeah, until yeah, yeah. talk but about it. Here, I, but. I'd
0: be interested to hear what you think of it. My my take on it was all the same as yours. Was very much like an episode of of uh, either one of the shows because i like like we like they've been on it they've been exploring for a while Mm -hmm. and my take on it was i wonder if simon Pegg had started um writing this before guardians of the galaxy came out because it's very similar towards the end like where it's kind of like they they're in a situation where they kind of have to become ragtag but it also reminded me a lot of this uh, '80s movie called Enemy Mine, mm-hmm. with um, Louis oh, Gossett Jr. Jr. That's a great movie. Yeah, it's kind of like to me. It felt like a cross between Guardians of the Galaxy and Enemy Mine. Hmm. You know? Yeah, no, yeah, I can see that. Yeah.
2: Uh, excuse me. Sorry. Yeah, I. You know, I. I like. It's dead silence. <laughs> What's wrong? I with didn't you know. You I, didn't, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it.
0: Oh. Well, I I didn't love it either. But I'm saying it was a big step up from. It is. It is from the to, other I ones. Call it, I called it a popcorn movie.
2: <sighs> well, okay. Well, here's one thing that really pissed me off, and I'm sorry that I'm going to drag this theater down with it. AMC has had... they have to stop churning down the lumens. On their fucking projectors. It was too dim for you it to see? It was so goddamn dark. We saw it in
0: three, 3D, and that was very bright in that. Maybe you should Where seen. did you go? Which one? Uh, center point.
2: Okay. Yeah, we didn't go to the center point one for this one. We were at the one that was on Stapley, and it was during the day. Did you uh, go during the day, or did you go at night? We went during the day. Oh, okay. Lumen lives matter. So... <laughs> so- yeah, no, I I I wrote AMC and I told them how disappointed I was in the presentation. It was like, you couldn't was it see just anything. Really
0: dim. Maybe their projector was dying.
2: No, I bulb rather. I've just heard that, you know, it could just be rumor, but um, that they they turned down. Yeah, you know, they they're not as attentive to the 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 quality of.
0: That could be the case
2: as far as um, uh, doing the calibration yeah. and stuff. Hoping, I did, because I the movie itself is very dark. They're but hoping you won't notice if I will you put say, your
0: legs up and just extend out. I will say the only reason I saw it in 3D was because uh, apparently AMC was doing a thing where if you... I'm a Stubbs member, and if you're a Stubbs yeah. member and get the 3D, you would get like a Starfleet pin. I didn't get a pin. I didn't either. So they gave me like four Ghostbusters pins to make up for it. Hmm. So I got. I got. They were like. They ran out like the first day. They said. I got oh, an Independence wild. Day one at
1: the Purge, and I was like, "What? Like, <laughs> why? Why am I? Because I figured, you know, the Purge had the thing that I purged. You know, like instead yeah, that would have been, been cool. So I was like, I thought I was gonna get like a purge pin. They're like, it's almost like.
0: Well, this is we have a lot of these, so we're just gonna give you this instead. Uh, it's like I like I, I will say I do like them. They're giving out pins, but I wish they would order for things they know are gonna be popular. Mm. I, I mean, if they say there's gonna be a Starfleet pin, fucking get a, like a ten thousand of those or something. Oh yeah, yeah. Anyway,
1: true, true. Is that you
0: the uh, your last word on that?
2: Yes. Uh, well, you know, you know that it's bad that it's that it's too dark when Anne says, "Was that really like too dark?" You're, you know, this is like when I saw or Tron, it not Tron Legacy or... yeah.
0: at um the the IMAX at Arizona Mills, uh-huh. and it was the 3D on that was terrible because there's the part where uh, Rinzler takes off his helmet in the flashback, and you're supposed to see that it's Tron. Yeah, and I was like. I had to take my glass off. I still couldn't tell who it was.
2: Well, that's when they were still kind of dialing in the 3D yeah, and like, was trying terrible. to do all the, the focus pulls yeah. and stuff, but the um that reminds me when I saw well, this is a good example and why I, I had to bring up the whole the, the AMC thing uh, even though that's, you know, that's pretty much where I go at this point because it's so convenient, it's close, the stub stuff is great, but um when I saw uh, The Force Awakens saw it at IMAX uh, 3d first absolutely beautiful uh the contrast was perfect you could make out every single detail Mm -hmm. on the screen i mean obviously you know it's a it's a four-story screen but at least it was bright enough yeah then uh after that we went to see it at at center point 11 and i was kind of squinting during the darker scenes i was like this is like way darker than it needs to be and that that was the first thing that kind of from first-hand experience because I've always mm-hmm. heard that they kind of dial it back in some theaters just because they want to save the bulb life. I can believe that if yeah. there's no complaints, or if there are, then they just give you a ticket for another movie. Yeah, that's I mean, shitty. that's all that I mean. I'm not, I'm not saying that's just exclusive to AMC, I'm not trying to you know d- drag them through the mud or anything like that. I'm just making an observation. Well, yeah, no, I was it, making the joke
1: just real quick about the furniture thing, but I'm, I'm kind of mean it in the sense of, like, I notice theaters and how they do things now mm. are more like it's a like real give and take. Yeah. And I think that's just the nature of the business now is, like you're saying, it's bulb life what well, we went from old time projectors before we wouldn't do as many showings, mm. so we didn't, you know, eat the hell out of the print on when we... Put it on you know the platters right. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, there's all these different things. But I mean, I'm, I went to Harkins and I don't know if they've upgraded any of theirs to the seating. But you you know I wonder. I had to become a. I'm the gonna only
0: come, the only one that has reserved seating is IMAX and right. Camelview. Right. Yeah, or the you know well what I meant was the the recliners the recliners. Seating, the yeah, recliners, yeah. yeah I know Camel View the, has them with the recliner. and they're not as nice as AMC. Yeah, they're well, leather, but like they're not as long. Long. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I remember you
1: mentioned that. But I mean, with the Stubbs thing. I go, I do it just to become just so because now there's so few seats you got to get it just so you can get one reserve without the convenience fee. Yeah, the convenience is right. bullshit. I'll say that right now. Like, oh, so wise. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I meant that. I mean, it's like,
0: you know, you, you talk about because it's enforced. You can't not pick reserve seats. So yeah. it's a basically just an added fee you know yeah
2: exactly yeah unless you go to the box office yeah
0: yeah, eh,
1: whatever. yeah. anything else on your list that we can uh, cover, victor
0: yeah i'll be quick because i can we've talked about a lot of these i talked you know star trek and in darkness i have a review of that on
2: beyond beyond
0: oh star trek beyond yeah i have a review of that up yeah, you're there a little
2: behind if you're just doing darkness yeah
0: Cell. Cell. um i talked about that last time i finally yeah. put a review of it up on there um I'm gonna do one for the Killing Joke uh, tomorrow because um, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this week. I'm gonna do Killing Joke, the Ultimate Edition of Batman, just to lead up to our Suicide Squad review later this week. Um, I saw this movie. It came out this weekend. It's a new Bloomhouse movie. It's called Viral, and uh, it has Anna Lee Tipton as the main person in it. She, uh, if you've seen Warm Bodies, she's Teresa Palmer's
2: friend. She was on America's Next Top Model.
0: Oh, okay. That's where
2: she originally... Really? Mm -hmm.
0: Well, this movie... Don't ask me why I know
2: that. I just do.
0: This movie uh, falls into uh, the kinds of movies I'm starting to hate now, where uh, the whole movie is a small subplot from another movie. So basically, this movie is the uh, Peter and Roger subplot from Dawn of the Dead. Which is also the exact same thing as the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie Maggie. Maggie? Yeah, yeah. So there's the it, this has really good acting, and it's yeah, I thought it would be so much better because um it was directed by uh Henry Joost and Ariel Schulman, the guys who did Paranormal Activity three and four, and that documentary Catfish.
2: Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. And basically, it's about this family. They move into this community because the father, who was um you know him because he was uh, in House of Cards, and he was also the security guard in the Dawn of the Dead remake. The jackass one with a ball cap. He's a good actor. His oh, the Michael security Kelly. guy. Yeah. yeah, He was good. Yeah. So he's the father, basically. He, he, you know, he cheated on his wife, and he's moved his family over to restart their lives over in this small town. But as the movie goes on, the credits are talking about this worm flu that's uh, hitting the country, and Obama's like cordoning off stuff and uh Annalie Tipton's character finds out about the dad's infidelity. Did you just say Obama? Yes. It's one of those, it's the thing now where they use actual footage. Well, no, I know
2: that. When when you when you said that, I'm sorry to to interrupt the I, I, in my, in my mind, I saw him running around, like, actually putting up barriers yeah, by no. himself. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was just a funny yeah. visual in my head. So I had to... Clear. Yeah.
0: No, it's that's the that trend been, That would have been so awesome. To start... To use actual footage. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I've noticed that. If yeah. he did, like, the Bill Pullman do, thing where I he's running they, in the yeah, streets. They've done that in a bunch of movies I've seen lately. But uh, basically, you know, she's like the rebellious chick because you know she knew about her father's infidelity, and she's acting out. And the other sisters, kind of very reserved. And they start corning off the, uh, you know, the town. And then, but she's like takes them to a party where she gets infected. And the whole movie is
2: the the, the, it's the like eye zombie.
0: Yeah, no, no, it's like no, it's like uh, it's like Dawn of the Dead meets Ma- where like except she doesn't know at first. She knows Entracted. she's infected. She knows she's infected, but she's not telling the sister. And, uh, like I zombie. No, 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 because it's not cute (laughs) like that. It's like, well, no, I know. But I mean, she was invited to a, a, well, and then I mentioned contracted. No, did you ever, yeah, I was going to say contracted. Yeah, I didn't see that.
2: But um, it just the the, the whole setup kind of reminded me of you know the the girl yeah, that goes yeah. to the party gets infected you know turns you know starts turning yeah. to blah 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 but doesn't tell the sister and yeah
0: and the thing is the sister the sister finds out because eventually and she's just keeping her alive by not feeding her because that speeds the infection and then she it, it's just stupid because I, it's one of those movies where I watch them screaming at the TV stop being stupid I did it like four times. And you know what the inevitable outcome is going to be, and it's the inevitable outcome. Mm-hmm. But the movie just does, doesn't work, like I said in my review, because you don't really care about the relationships too much, and it seems kind of that's always a bummer. Stupid, because these guys did catfish. If there's one thing they should understand, it's like how to write a relationship, you know. And it's one of the, it just boggles my mind. Like this is shot really well. Why are you going into tropes rather than investing time into something that actually might be interested? And I like I said, Annalie Tipton, she's so good in warm bodies, like she seemed likable and instead they kind of cast her against type as kind of like this bitchy bad girl and it makes her so unlikable But by the time you start finding out the reasons why she's like this, you don't care and the sister you keep saying, why are you so stupid? And The only saving grace I'll say about this, the zombies are like the vampires in the strain. They're like worm zombies and like the way they kind of The realized version is really interesting, where they kind of can't see, but like they have these things come out of them that they kind of click and find their way through noise. So it's and then the way they they have the effects for the hive mind are kind of cool. So they're the clickers from Last of Us. I've never played that game. Oh, okay.
1: Well, no, it's (laughs) kind of that was one of the interesting parts of the game. Just real quick was the idea of the except for it was a fungal infection in the game, but it's it's the idea that you know. They hunt you by like almost like an echo dolphin. Yeah, style. so it, yeah. it's like that. Yeah, that's kind of cool yeah. though. Still to see that. Yeah, and I do like the strained vampires too. Yeah, so. like
0: you can see the the worms kind yeah. of. one. it's it's really cool. So I'll say that has the upside, but it's like I'd say it's one of the weaker Bloomhouse movies that's come out lately. And just like I hate that I'm kind of going to shortchange this, but I saw um, Hunt for the Wilder People at um, Harkins Camel View. And it's the new movie from uh, Taika Waititi, who did uh, What We Do in the Shadows. Um, I'll, right now, I'm just going to like say this. It's way better than What We Do in the Shadows, while kind of keeping that weird kind of irreverent humor. Um, I'll say it's probably my favorite movie I've seen this year so far. Way better than, like, Swiss Army Man. Um, it's kind of like a cross between The Legend of Billy Jean meets, uh, like, Stand By Me. By, like, kind of, Yeah you know without spoiling it too much and it's just it's so good it's playing right now at Harkins camel view and amc deer valley 30 and i'll see if you have a chance to see it please go see it because it's awesome i'm gonna write a review of that this week too on cult Falling. but yeah like wow. literally one of the best movies this year um White TT and rice darby both have really really funny cameos in it check it out that sounds really good yeah so, yeah, now we have enough time to kind of jump into our topic for a little bit, which is movies that have had – they're turning 40 this year, which is kind of crazy because I never in my mind really thought 1976, the year of movie champions, but then when we were going over the list – it's like God. It's bicentennial tastic. Yeah, it's kind of crazy because they're just there's a ton of really good movies. Well, I think what they have in common is they're really good movies that you once you think about them, like that's an awesome movie, but I just don't think about
2: it all the time. Well, when I was just kind of going through the list and, and kind of picking stuff out, it, you know, obviously IMDb is is a really nice resource. Uh, they, I would start with like page one. I went through you know, the the popularity. And they were just, you know, went from, you know, number one and then just kept going, kept going. But every single page, every time I thought, oh, okay, now I'm getting to the end where I'm getting to the films that I, I don't even recognize a name, never seen, uh, that have just been lost over time, then all of a sudden, like, other things would pop up. So yeah. I, I probably got a good, like, 10, 12 pages down. I'm like, there's more things popping up that are, like, awesome.
3: Mm hmm. I know,
1: it's kind well, of yeah, easy. yeah, you start kind of getting into, like, the um, exploitation cult films that you forget because you don't really associate them with a date or something right. like that. Or time. you associate them with a time period, but probably not a date. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Even even films, like, I noticed, like, one of them was um, Assault on Precinct 13.
2: Yeah, no, that that one surprised me because that was pretty, like, low in the list. Yeah. Um, well, I guess not. I mean, relatively, it was, like, number 15, as far as popularity goes. But um. but you think about that
1: and stuff, even if you were to ask like, most John Carpenter fans, that's one of the last f- films they're going to say first. a piece in 13. Yeah, yeah, like if you were to say, what are your favorite John Carpenter films or what films? It's, are-
0: it's one of, yeah, I remember when we and not saw John an- Carpenter in concert when that came up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's the one you forget about all the time. Yeah, because it's a great movie. Like great I always score, think, but... I'll, I'll think of like cigarette burns or like vampires before I'll think of Assault from Precinct 13.
2: When I thought it came out later, I thought it was like late 70s. Not yeah. 76, maybe well, 79 me, or something. To me, like
0: you know, when I think of 70s John Carpenter, the only one I ever actually, actually think of is Halloween. Right. Yeah.
2: But I thought it was like right before Halloween. Yeah. Not, I mean, 76. Because Halloween was 79? 78. 78? Yeah. Yeah i suppose that's kind of a, a kind of the same turnaround that would happen yeah. in the 70s you know probably like right pre-production after the and all that stuff
1: well yeah he was he was still making money movies on the cheap mm-hmm. well then, then he like was doing dark, Elvis at that time yeah, too dark right? star mm-hmm. gave him thing yeah, yeah elvis it was TV. funny
0: they're all right after the other because dark star is like 75 then it's assault then it's elvis then it's halloween it's like boom boom yeah. boom 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 and yeah. then after that's halloween cool. too so there's like a part where he was like shooting a movie a year
2: and then Escape from New York. Yeah. 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 And, he and sort of then one yeah, the Escape from New York was the thing. So and, kinda, and then he did
1: yeah. uh, Christine to make, Christine, play it safe. And right. then, yeah, he just kept going. Yeah. 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 But you are, that is true. There's a, I mean, I looked at it briefly and stuff. There's a lot of like, obviously, I hone in on the horror, for horror films first, but you know, like Alice, Sweet Alice, Grizzly, The Tenant, Burn Offerings, God Told Me To. Um, there's a lot of them, but then there's also like films. You would think of our bigger uh, Food of the Gods, Adam mentioned in our pre-discussion, but yeah. I always think of a film like Marathon Man too. is like, you know, obviously one of the most famous well, scenes yeah, in a movie. but it's one of those but...
0: like Paramount auteur movies yeah. too, you know? Like they're in the golden age of Paramount after uh, Godfather in the 70s. Because there's lots of people, if you really think about it, like the 70s are probably the golden age of modern cinema. I, I would be hard to like argue with that. Most of like what I would consider like the best movies of the last 50 well because it years was that it was that post- from the seventies. It was it
2: was the post hippie era. Uh, you had the conflict in Vietnam. You had uh, kind of a a big uh, uh, fuck you to the MPAA, where they were really pushing what they could get away with. Yeah, a lot of you know social commentary. It was just. Almost like this, um, uh, like an afterglow of the the peace love movement.
0: Yeah, Clint Eastwood
2: it.
1: going from being the Western icon to being the street, you know, yeah. justice. You know, the embodied same, same yeah. decade
0: that you had. You well, know, those... yeah, and then there. It's seventy six is also the year that like everyone was like Martin Scorsese got robbed for Taxi Driver, but then it's you know. Rocky is just as good as Taxi Driver. Hell, actually, I mean, like, All the President's Men, I think, is even a better movie oh, than I love both movie. of those. Yeah, that's a good
2: movie. You and, know, and
0: then you realize that Network also came out that same year. It's like, this yeah. is like, every one of those movies and could have
2: been Best Picture. Every single, oh, well, I would, well no, I'm going to say it. Every single year at the Oscars, they always show a clip of Network. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take yeah, it anymore. Yeah, because that was the
0: first like uh, posthumous Oscar. Yeah. You know, the only you know, until like Heath Ledger in 2008. Right. You know.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I was also gonna say, and, um, my one of my father's favorites was um,
0: Midway, mm-hmm. which
1: is considered probably one of the last great war films ever made. Yeah, by like, far.
0: And I know they actually still show, like, all the President's Men in, like, jur- journalism schools. It's it's yeah. one of, like, it's really weird when I was watching, um, what movie was I watching last year? It's the one that went Best Picture, um, Spotlight. Yeah. Yeah, I was just like, this, like, uh, All the President's Men is still a better movie than this, you know? But it's, like, in that tradition almost. I will say Spotlight probably did deserve to win Best Picture, after having seen all the ones from last year. Oh, well, we already mentioned Carrie, too. Yeah, you? Carrie and um,
1: uh, The Omen are both considered. Yeah, The Omen, yeah. And actually, when I was a kid, honestly, one of my favorite movies of all time was The Bad News Bears. I love that movie. Yeah, and it, I thought it was hilarious. Like, yeah, when I was
2: putting this all together I thought it was I thought it was amusing that it's uh you know, it's P G. Yeah. They have it under comedy, drama and family. Lee, and yeah. I remember watching it with my family and, and I I vaguely remember my mom just saying how filthy the movie was. Yeah. It was. Uh, but But it was one you could watch.
1: I remember renting it, and nobody cared. But, I mean, it's weird to even think of, like, Family Fair, that Freaky Friday came
0: out. uh, Freaky Friday seems like it's, like, 60s. You watch that movie, and it's, no, it's very much a movie of the 70s. But I I think it's really, like, bizarre that Jodie Foster was in that and Taxi Driver in the the same same year. year. yeah. Like, holy God, that's a huge jump. Hey, kids, are seeing the new Toadie Foster. Uh-huh. This one, she's a prostitute. Yeah. Well, and she did, Uh, was a girl who lives
1: down the lane, which was equally messed up. I think that was, like, the next year. I mean, she definitely went downhill. But then there's, like, you know, you kind of look at some of these films, like, I'm, like, films I definitely have never seen for whatever reason, probably because I had no interest. But, I mean, you know, like, there's just these kind of weird, like, back in that era of you kind of talk about like the decaying studio system mm-hmm. like the big bus mm. what the fuck is this you know what i mean and i'm not saying like i've never seen it if you think the big bus is the best movie of 76 let me know but i'm just saying like even just from the poster i can tell you it's that classic kind of like studio film i mean and then you got like franchise like pink panther um strikes again uh, there was one other one I saw in here, but just kind of weird films. Silver Streak. Um, well, and he
2: had Car Wash too. He had Silver yeah. Streak and Car Wash. He so had two yeah. Richard Pryor. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do I mean? Coming out in the same yeah, year?
1: kind of these movies and stuff where it's like, or you know, it was one a uh, one vehicle star? Burt Reynolds is Gator. You know. Well, Burt Reynolds was, like, the king of
0: the 70s. Oh, my
1: God. The little girl who lives down the lane was 76 as well. Like, I did not realize that. I was, like, I was going to say, I thought it was 74, 75. I was, like, no, she hadn't gone totally to it. But, wow, there's a lot of films in here. No, like, when you think seen, there's
0: so many, like, it's weird, like, when you realize Logan's Run came out in 76, then you, you can get, like, oh, yeah, it was a B-level kind of inspired thing from well, you had, you, the Apes. Yeah,
2: you had you had Logan's Run and you had Future World at the same year.
0: Oh, yeah, Future World is, like, funny because it's, like, basically the, like, the sequel to Westworld, mm-hmm. which, re- weirdly enough, Future World is the first movie I can remember seeing. Oh. Like... You know, people like, oh, Star Wars is, or blah, blah, blah. Me, it's like Future World. And I realized years later, because I had the scene of, like, the bearded guy taking the faceplate off of the little helper. Yeah, Like, it was, like, burning my... When I saw it later on, I was like, oh, my God, that's that movie, you know? And it's weird when you can actually connect the dots to those kinds of things way later on. Like, that's the first movie I remember seeing. The first movie I remember seeing in the theater was still The Last Starfighter you know mm-hmm. but it's kind of just weird and like that movie is actually like uh kind of just a weird unnecessary sequels yeah to it's Westworld. really not that good doesn't add I like much like the sci-fi and it's, elements but, but it's it. weird because it does follow this trend that's present in a lot of these movies or s- the 70s the heroes of film were like newspaper people like report, oh yeah right yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. media were your heroes you know like now no that would never fly Well, except Spotlight and stuff, but it doesn't,
1: it it works in a way, like, people want to have something that cracked it, like, you look at a year like this, All the President's Men network and stuff like that, but then at the same time, you know, you have a film like, not same year, but you have a film like Chinatown, which was also like that, you know, obviously noir, but it was also like the whole idea of, I mean, the first time I saw Chinatown, I saw, you know, well into, like, my... late teens maybe mm-hmm. or maybe even early 20s and i was like it's kind of like who framed roger rabbit <laughs> like you don't even yeah. think about it, like consciously but you realize it is that you know when you under start watching noir kind of films yeah you realize that the hero is kind of like the person who uncovers the whatever it is huge scandal yeah. conspiracy but it doesn't matter what it is it's the whole journey of how what it is and in you know some in you
0: know like who framed that's kind of why i like shane black movies Because he always makes, like, the gumshoe character, like, an asshole. Like, that's one of the reasons I really like The Nice Guys this year, which is totally a noir movie. But, like, uh, Russell Crowe and Ryan uh, Gosling were great dumb assholes, you know? And it's just like Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang, which had the same thing going on. That was a great movie. That's a great movie. Yeah, yeah. But, like, the, the the thing that was going on with the journalist as heroes thing, because you can see it in, like, all the President's Men to, like, Future World. Even, like, a couple years later in, like, Superman, the movie, Lois Lane playing uh, – or Margot Kidder playing Lois Lane that way is clearly the result of the social happenings at the time. Where's was like, oh, she has to be, like, Watergate-style, like, in-your-face right. reporter. Right, You know, like, versus how we see Lois Lane now, which, you know, in the Superman Returns, a mousy – Woman in Peril. Even in the new one, it's just, like, not strong at all because that's not our impression, like, socially of reporters. Right. Yeah,
2: we don't hold them as high a regard. Yeah. As we no, could. if she was just been a blogger or right? had a
1: Tumblr page, then, yeah, maybe.
0: No, it's, and this is the thing that's really funny because, like, when you watch the first season of House of Cards, which was, like, what, in two, 2013, 2012, the blogger was really powerful. So, of course, they really <laughs> made... Uh, Kate, uh, Kate Mara's character, like that, you know. So every once in a while, it comes back, but just for a little bit. Anyway, yeah. I just thought that was interesting.
2: One of the, the one of these on the list is the the King Kong remake with Jeff Bridges. Oh, and uh, Jessica Lange. And Jessica Lange. It was on television. I think like last week. Uh huh. Boy, did that bring back memories! That was something that they showed a lot on regular network television. I remember
0: seeing that on like daytime TV when yeah. I was a kid syndicated it was yeah it and
2: was. I, I was again I was and was uh, there next to me for just a little bit before she's just like okay I can't take this anymore but uh, <laughs> it, 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 it was I almost got whiplash from these fa- flashbacks of watching this movie and how stupidly ridiculous it is but also how insanely creepy I always thought Jeff Bridges was that beard and just how he dresses Somehow, his eyes like just really, really bugged out a lot more yeah. because of all that just kind of you know real just uh, uh, darker, you know, brown, big honking beard and and long hair, and I was like, this is our this is supposed to be our hero.
0: It's a weird movie because I don't think it. It's one of those movies that I think was didn't wasn't as popular as they thought it would be.
2: Right? Yeah. No, it didn't do very well. Yeah, but that.
0: over time, I think it made them a lot of movie money on video and, and international. Right. Yeah, Cause international. Because was, by eighty six, like they did King Kong the ride based on that movie. It you wasn't know?
1: this. Yeah. the one that Dino De Laurentiis did, or wasn't he the fire? Was that the? Was that King Kong? Lives. I, uh, I
0: think it was King Kong lives. Yeah, whatever yeah.
1: one he did. Because I, I know they tried to you know redo it a few times. And it's cool. When it comes to the hero, Adrian Brody wasn't yeah. mine either. so I it's will like, say the
0: trailer for Kong Skull Island, if you saw that last yeah, week, it did. pretty fucking awesome. Yeah,
2: no, it looks it looks interesting. It really reminded me of the first trailers that I, that I was seeing for uh, Godzilla um a few yeah, years back yeah too.
0: apparently this is that's going to be part of the godzilla cinematic universe and one. i'm
2: really interested to see the uh the new japanese the toho toho yeah, one then that that just got released in japan yeah i, don't I guess know it it's going to be
0: released out here Toei's actually licensed it for release in the u.s right. but it just it hasn't reached us yet yeah. they, they
2: don't have a date yet yeah they're thinking yeah.
0: like fall or or not uh, you know winter or like spring or something hopefully we can get that out here yeah yeah that'll be good But, I mean, yeah, you go through the list and stuff, and
1: there's just – there's a lot to, you know, take in that, yeah, 40 years ago, you had probably one of cinema's best years for a lot of genres – but like I said, I think one of the things I'm looking at is that you definitely also see a changing Hollywood, and I don't mean this just as—I mean it's based on the old school studio model, like cranking out. We have a stable; they signed yeah. with us. I mean, this is kind of the '70s was the dying year. That I mean, I looked at well, one of these was a uh, Robin and Marion. Yeah, and it's like those old. The Errol Flynn era was gone. Like mm-hmm. you know, that was well, literally your you gotta grandparents at the time. Too,
0: this is the last year before real blockbusters true like, like Jaws oh, yeah, was Jaws, like the, yeah. r- the first one but then, then next year is Star Wars yeah. and that f- flipped the script cause after that you know they're like you know Jaws was the movie said we can make B movies A movies so that yeah. at that point like exploitation people were churning shit out while they could and after Star Wars comes out in 77 that's all she wrote for a ton of these companies like uh, AIP and all that Oh yeah! Oh
1: yeah! The old time, you know, you know, and obviously Corman and people like that had already yeah. Well, I can make Piranha, you know, I yeah. can make, I can make whatever you want. And it's interesting, also, this is the year that Grizzly came out, and you know, people say, you know, of course, Jaws is, you know, obviously the
0: animals attack mm. genre, but it was there were a lot of there films were. I made. think uh, that Robert Forster movie Alligator comes out like, like the the year after this. Yeah, too. I think it's seventy-seven. Yeah. yeah. So it's like everyone's trying to find the next Jaws, you know? And it's kind of funny how many animals attack films are made in this time
2: period. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, they're all trying to do all their, their twist on that. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of, uh, to go on the, the, the softcore tip, a lot of Emmanuel, um offshoots, side, one-offs. Mm-hmm in 76 as well i kept seeing you know like you know island of emmanuel emmanuel yeah. in paris you know whatever blah blah yeah. blah. i'm like what there's like four or five of them i mean and it's kind
0: of weird because i think this was around the time where like that that was still kind of acceptable because like midnight cowboy had just come out a few years before yeah. And then Emmanuel, and before that, a few years, I think before that was, like, I Am Curious Yellow. Yeah. You know, know, it's like, okay. Yeah, like,
2: Chatterley's lover.
0: Yeah, like, okay, this is the era where, like, these, like, softcore pornographic movies are still kind of acceptable. And, Mm -hmm. like, you could rate, a movie could be rated X and still be okay, like Midnight Cowboy, but then... The late 70s are like, no, triple X, and like they yeah, ruined they, the rating.
2: Uh, they said a, Assault on Precinct 13 was originally rated X, yeah, yeah. There are a couple of them that kind of popped up in here that was X,
0: yeah, um, like a Cockroach Orange was originally rated X, that's right, yeah. yeah. It's just weird because I, I, it's like we always think about how showgirls ruined the NC 17. Because the first year, like, there were respectable, and like, Henry and June. And there's another one that everybody says is, a, like, like. Oh, the cook, the thief, his wife, and her lover. Yeah. Yeah, there's a few other But, ones. like, everything else, NC-17 is, like, the kiss of death. Nothing is rated NC-17 anymore. Right. Ever. Yeah. And now it's, like, it's un, it, unrated is unrated. more acceptable than that. Yeah.
1: Well, you either have it unrated. It's kind of like in gaming, the uh, adults only I've never yeah. seen an adult. Oh yeah, zombie you don't game. see that. Anymore, I've never yeah. owned one either. They're just it's mature. Yeah, mature
0: is even even like, like thirty one, the new Rob Zombie movie, which I guess is just getting a Fathom release on September thirtieth. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, they they submitted it like eight times just so we get an R and not an NC seventeen because I guess it needed an R just to be a Fathom event.
1: Wow. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting. Yeah, in this day and age of when you can release anything. You, know, you talk about, like, The Killing Joke, you yeah. know, all these, everything is a fathom event. Well, yeah, and, like, here's the, the, the funniest release.
0: thing about The Killing Joke is it's rated R, right? And I don't even, I, I get it because of, what, what, of the still Barbara Gordon photos. I honestly think, like, The Dark Knight Returns is a much, like, harder animated movie than The Killing Joke. Sure, yeah. Like, I don't get that at all. Like, but the, where's the R there? Just tone?
2: But I don't even think the, the Dark Knight Returns animated was even rated. No, it was I PG-13. Think it was just, oh, well, did yeah. it actually have a rating yeah. on it? Okay. Why? Like, even
0: that was, like, a big deal. It's PG-13. Oh, yeah. That movie had a great score too. Like I remember, I messaged the composer, and he said he'd been. It was all inspired by Evangelus and like uh, the the Basil Basil Polidorus. It's like very like and John Carpenter. It's very like synthy. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. There's just, I mean, yeah, a lot of stuff out there. I mean, obviously that could, that could be a discussion we could have down the line. But I mean, I do think the history of Reigns and of the MPA is fascinating, and I do think that one point that was brought up was that. This is a really a time period where they were really starting to challenge ratings and what it meant to, yeah. to have a certain reign for a film or what you could actually get away with. Well, yeah,
0: because, like, the 70s was, like, the era of, like, oh, we're going to let filmmakers do whatever, and they're going to deliver their unique visions, and we're – as a studio, we're just going to support them. Like, that's what turned Paramount around from bankruptcy, so that's why, like, people – like. um Francis Ford Coppola got millions upon millions of dollars to make movies like *Apocalypse Now*, even though it, it just became really self-indulgent. Or like mm. Michael Cimino ended up like nearly bankrupting the studio with like *Heaven's Gate*. But he, but before that, he'd done movies like uh, *What*, well, like *The Year of* dip, of living, living dangerously, dangerously, and you know, and it's it's just you know. I like the idea that there was a period. And Marathon Man was another one of these movies Mm -hmm. where, like, we're just going to let you do what you do and support you. That never happens anymore.
2: Very rarely. Yeah. Well, yeah,
0: you now have to – it's crazy how much – it's how different
1: it's become, but it's true. Like, it's um, mutated,
0: but it really is the focus group mentality. Well, it's even one of those things. Like, look at the movies – that are on this list that like are are that were nominated for like Rocky like a movie like Rocky won't even like be considered seriously right now. There's like a movie coming out with Robert De Niro later this year called Hands of Stone where he plays a uh, Roberto Robert Duran's trainer, the boxer, mm-hmm. or Roberto Duran. That's it. Yeah, Roberto Duran, the boxer, and, like, the trailer looks like a joke, and it's like, we can't take this movie seriously. Like, Creed. Yeah, which I was actually just going to yeah, say, Cre- which is one I saw after um,
1: the new year. If I had seen that, I would have put that in my top ten for the yeah. year. That was a great movie. But it's just
0: because at, at a certain point, he's, like, Sylvester Stallone knows how to handle movies like that. To, you know, he has a property, and he gave it to um, the director of that movie. It was the same guy who did uh, Fruitvale Station. Um, and he hired the same actor named it, Michael B. Jordan, the guy who plays uh, Creed. And, it, you know, you hand your properties off to good people, they'll do good things. And Creed is an example of that, where he, it doesn't, it fits into that whole world very seamlessly because it's do your thing, but make it fit, you know? And that very rarely happens. That's why Guardians of the Galaxy work with Marvel, weirdly enough, because they kind of let, uh, James Gunn do his thing like yeah, we trust you I don't because they didn't think he was gonna do anything remember before it came out was like ah eh, well that movie's not really and then it was like yeah. and I'm sure that's why we're we have Suicide Squad now
2: today is the anniversary of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy first premiering oh the theaters, funny. August first yeah
0: yeah and, and like I said we I remember ta- when we were talking about it coming out we're like oh I'm excited to see it but oh, yeah. I wondered what it would be. I'm kind of like of the same opinion right now with like Suicide Squad, where I've seen enough trailers now that I kind of sort of understand where the story's going.
2: Yeah, I have. I stopped probably a month ago. I should have I
0: shouldn't have watched the Comic Con trailer yeah. because I kind of understand where things are going in that story,
2: but I don't want to know anymore. Yeah, I'm total Jon yeah. Snow on this one. I know nothing. But
0: the question is, did
1: you get the official Harley Quinn mermaid hair color? <laughs>
0: Because if you didn't, I mean, you no, didn't you got a Harley Quinn, trailers. didn't you? Just
2: post something about getting oh, a I, Harley th- Quinn. I
0: pre-ordered this uh, Japanese one, this uh, it's a Bandai superhero figure arts. They're, it's called Tamashi Nations. Where basically these six-inch super articulated figures. I have one from Injustice, where it's the alternate universe one, the one that has the Joker T-shirt. Okay, right, and yeah. they look really cool, but they have all this hidden articulation, and then they they're doing them for the Suicide Squad movie, and the one for. Harley like looks freakishly like a yeah real looks person. really good it yeah. looks awesome I won't get it till like the end of the year though right yeah but it looks cool I've seen the ones they have in the store now and they look like Happy Meal toys
2: yeah that's really tough I I we where was I? I was at Walmart and they had the uh the Ghostbuster figures I don't remember who's releasing them they it's they the had the, the female who cast the, who are doing these the Mattel. the six inch yeah. yeah but they but I also got to see. The retro ones that had uh, Bill Murray and and Dan Aykroyd, yeah. look terrible. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean the, their their bodies look good and the suits look great that and everything, but fi- their faces just look yeah off. that
1: whatever they were the 50 dollars uh, each one where they were the they you could put them all together. It was the similar background. I don't know if it was Nick, uh, no Nick those are Diamond Select ones. Delim- diamonds. Well, Diamond Select does the amazing Marvel yeah. stuff too. Uh, sorry, yeah, I'm not well versed on a lot of those ones, but they um those were amazing uh, yeah i got those the peter bank yeah no those one. look good yeah
0: i think that's... the only problem with them is they're all they're all digitally sculpted and then afterwards they add in the cut lines so unless so sometimes those don't balance so well gotcha the peter vankman one is one of them where like i'm sure if it was a statue but like you can't really pose him too well he'll fall mm-hmm. over because it's just a digital Well, that's skull. why
2: they just need like one of those little stands that just... Yeah. You, you had a little clear plastic uh, rod that just goes right in their butt or something. <laughs> right. Or up their pants leg or whatever it is, you know?
1: Adam likes anally impaling his toys. <laughs> I, I can't disagree, though. It's fun. Yeah. yeah.
2: But in the end, I would, I would say
0: 76 is a really good year for film overall. And one of the movies I wanted to talk about for a minute was there's this... Uh, john wayne movie that came out this year called in 76 was the shootest it was his very last film where he plays like this uh gunslinger who's dying and he kind of orchestrates like the showdown and kind of like as his saw last it. hurrah it's really good it has like uh uh john carradine in it at playing an undertaker who's trying to arrange a funeral for him It's just really weird because you know john carradine you mostly know from like horror and stuff mm-hmm. but he put all his friends in it and if you watch that movie it's actually it reminds you a lot of uh grand torino the clint eastwood movie mm-hmm. it's like one of those unspoken influences the last movie that john wayne made before he died huh
1: yeah yeah uh well that was what i was saying earlier too Is is that this was like when i was talking about the robin robin and marion and stuff like that the um you know you had like your so your uh sword and sandals kind of movies not the moving on to the Conan Deathstalker but still where it was Spartacus, Ben-Hur kind of yeah. you know biblical epics and and that kind of time period um, Near East history and then you had the you know this was the end the the the, the, the last hurrah pretty much of the western until yeah. and, the and what you realize
0: too and this is when I was re- re- reading this I realized this too like this was like when uh the last of the like, Clint Eastwood spaghetti westerns were being made. Like the Outlaw Josie Wales, Wales came out that year, and you realize, you know, uh, and he, they apparently Clint he, or uh, John Wayne was still offered a lot of of movies after the Shoes. but he said, "No, this is the one I'm going to go out on because it kind of jives with where I'm at." He had just had lung cancer and had a bunch of his ribs and his lung removed, yeah. and late, I think later on, he was diagnosed with like metastasized uh, s- stomach cancer. But it's like, dude, in some alternate world, there was a confluence where a Clint Eastwood, John Wayne Western could have happened logically. And that's kind of amazing if you really think about Mm -hmm.
2: it. Yeah. You Mm -hmm. know.
0: True, true. Well, we need to wrap
3: it up. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Adam, any amazing last things? (laughs) Because if you don't know, Adam puts a ton of work into these for us. So... Unfortunately, we were not able to play the amazing 1976 uh, "This Is Your Life" trivia. Oh game. no, I
2: think this worked out. But I do, but I do know you find cool little facts and
1: interesting.
0: Things. Are there any, any like really good dad? quotes in there you would wanted to share? Yeah. Oh, I didn't.
2: I didn't put any quotes. I just had uh, just the very small uh, synopsis because I was gonna kind of reverse it, to have you guys figure out which movie it was, just based on um, you know kind of backtracking on it. Uh, like if I said. Directed by Alan Parker. Hmm. Starring Jodie Foster. Scott Bayo
0: That would have been Freaky Friday, right? Nope. The girl lives down Rated long.
2: G. Comedy Crime Family Movie.
1: What else was she? Kind
2: in? of a gimmicky thing. I
1: was like, I don't remember. Scott not Baio
2: okay, so this nope. So this will probably give it away. Don't look it up. Put that damn phone. <laughs> I'm out. not going to. I'm not going <laughs> to. Here's the synopsis. This might give it away. The classic gangster story of Told with an all-child cast. Bonnie, Bonnie and Clyde? Clyde. Bugsy Malone.
1: Oh. oh, wait, I did see that. year. So on she list. was
0: in four movies that year? Yeah. Wow, they used to really crank shit out, man. Oh,
1: yeah. Well, I was just thinking, I'm like, I said the cool girl is the language which I've seen, but more importantly, I'm sitting there going, Scott Bale would have only been like 10 years old or yeah, something. That's, like, that's yeah, right, yeah that's like,
2: why it's an all-child cast. I'm like, <laughs> But see, that's kind of what I was how yeah. I was gonna maybe introduce some of them. Some of that one was more a little esoteric than you know. If I started, oh, director Martin Scorsese, yeah, starring Robert, you know, you know, like right off the bat.
1: Yeah, but like you said, even looking at the list, and I did not do any homework before coming uh, to the podcast. Was that like you kind of said from the beginning? I mean, just kept it just keeps rolling on. Mm-hmm. Like you find more and more films the deeper you dig, but right. You know, but of course, nowadays, you look at any era, and it's like, God, it's amazing how many films are still put
0: out. Right. Yep. So, well, good times, good times. Mm -hmm. I think this was a good discussion. I like how it kind of evolved into a discussion of 70s cinema (laughs) versus just like a top top. list. Well, it was an amazing time. Maybe, uh, you know, but let us know what your favorite 76 films were you know I will, I will best. say this little thing and since since I, there probably won't be another uh podcast where we can work it in. Uh, I saw this documentary a while back called The Kid Stays in the Picture about um I can't remember his name. He's he was the guy who ran Paramount Pictures at the time and he's a very uh somebody look at. I'll look it up. It's really... Frank Mancuso Jr.? No. Um, he did for a while. He he went out with uh, Ali McGraw for a while. Um, let me think. It's this very famous producer. 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 Uh, give me a second, guys. No problem. Robert Evans. Robert Evans. He even had like a cartoon about his life on Adult Slim a few years ago. But basically, he had been brought in to kind of save Paramount Pictures. And... Uh, it was like around 1970 where they said they were going to shut the studio down and they were going to sell it all to Hollywood Forever, which is a cemetery on their back lot. So they were going to level the whole lot and make it a giant cemetery. Huh. And he had to do a pitch, uh, ironic, a, a filmed pitch to the board where he pitched their whole slate of movies that were going to save the studio. And the first ones he said that were going to do it were going to be The Godfather and Love Story. And he was totally right. But oh, yeah. it, and because those were so successful is why they ended up making like The Godfather Part Two, Apocalypse Now, Marathon Man, all these movies that we ended up talking about mm-hmm. and that led to the tour system for the next ten years.
2: Yeah, that was a turning point for a lot of the big studios at that time. Yeah. But it's molders. just
0: weird that it's basically became it was literally a matter of life and death. Mm-hmm. Pun. But that was, that was that like I said that yeah. was a lot of the studio. Speaking of life think. and death, just real quick, we all did survive the Batman versus Superman cereal challenge. That's right, um, we did, and it wasn't terrible. I wouldn't try it with milk. I was surprised that I liked the Batman the Superman cereal <sighs> more. Ugh. Ugh. I found this, but I it gr- kind of it kind of tastes more like like those little like generic cookies. Like yeah, that's why I was Milano cookies yeah. or something. Like it would probably taste Oh, I don't think it's milk. Pepperidge
1: Farm quality, yeah. but it was definitely as Adam put it very well, the uh two months past uh, at Big Lots. Yeah, that was definitely like, yeah, what it kinda was. Yeah, kind of
0: like old Milano cookies is what the cereal <laughs> tasted like. And the Superman one had like this weird
2: strawberry yeah very chemically just not
0: it was the batman that had this
1: just chemical, chemical strawberry, strawberry aftertaste yeah the um the sab- superman one was the car- caramel crunch but it didn't to me and it adam bland. it didn't taste like no anything. it didn't
0: that the superman one to me tasted
2: like very some white kind toast of fruit yeah
0: yeah no, i didn't taste any fruit but uh to me it tasted like you know the chemical fruit flavor
2: Well, that was the Batman one. I I think you guys might have gotten mixed up. No. Oh, no, no, no. I'm I'm positive.
0: The Superman one
1: was Caramel Crunch and the Batman was Chocolate Strawberry. Oh. So it was the Caramel Crunch, I felt, had no flavor. And the Batman, uh, the Chocolate Strawberry, at first it tasted okay because it was the chocolate. So maybe that was the aftertaste I was getting was from Batman. Yeah, it was was hard, but I didn't try either of them with milk. And Adam
2: tried them together. Yes. Yeah. I said this is probably well, best an, to be blended. I was
0: at the grocery store the other day and I saw a future challenge we might have to try because they Elkido. have Kung Fu Panda three cereal and Madagascar cereal. Oh, very topical from eight months ago. Right, but fries they have a lot. Of still it still lasts. Wow. It's still, these
1: ones were good till November. I double checked because I really thought they had gone past. Yeah, no. I yeah. can still.
2: I still find uh Spider Man Cheez Its. At Target, <laughs> they still have frozen. Like two cereal,
0: years ago, but I'm not going to take that that bet. Yeah, we'll skip that one. Yeah, but um, okay,
2: wrap it up.
1: Yep, good times. Um, I think that was it. Then that's it. Yeah, yep. that's it. Goodbye, 1976.
0: Step it. Until next time, uh, I'm Victor Marino along with Kirby Nelson.
1: Happy 30th anniversary, Jason Lives and uh, Adam
2: Wankowski. Uh doing another Cinema Fantastico, talking about No Man's Sky PS4 sometime early next week. Oh, Meow. video game,
0: Cinema Fantastico. That's yes. exciting. And exciting. what do we
1: got coming up, Victor? Anything? Uh,
0: we have, uh, for Coke classics if you guys are in the area, Saturday, Octo- Saturday, August 13th, we are doing Terminator 2 Judgment Day 25th anniversary screening. Tickets are on sale now at all Zia record stores, including the brand new Mesa Superstore. And uh, you can also get tickets online at co And we invite you to check out cultfollowing.co because we have lots of new reviews up on there that we want your comments on and more to come. We'll also have a review of Suicide Squad later on this week. So check that out. Find out our thoughts on it. And that's pretty much it for now. So until next time, folks, don't have Superman and Batman cereal. This has been a public service announcement.